Corruption has pretty much ravaged this country, destroying our economy, public resources that would have been stocking medicine in our hospitals or building a classroom for our children or even constructing roads to transport farm produce to the market and back home. All that has been affected because our public amenities and cash has been looted, courtesy of corruption. Yes, we may sit here, to be honest, as we usually do and blame anyone, including the devil, anyone but ourselves. We'll blame politicians and their cronies. We'll blame the EACC and the police for not throwing the corrupt in jail but we must face the reality and that reality as hard as it is to face is that you and I at one point we have all partaken in corruption the question isn't whether or not you've partaken in it you have one way or another small or big you have there's no clean person in this country the difference between you doing corruption and the person who's experienced it and partaken in it is one of you might decide that i am ending this vice i am no longer playing a part and the other one will continue as long as they're gaining from it so we are all all of us culpable and victims and um well culprits of corruption the question isn't have you been corrupt yes you have at one point or another as long as you've done something to gain that you didn't follow due process that is corruption sour sour so it's not whether you have been in corruption or partaken the question is totally different the question that we will be throwing questions we should be throwing to solomon atella the senior officer education and public awareness at the ethics and anti-corruption commission will include but not be subjected only to exploring the values that can bring an end to corruption, responsible and accountable leadership, upholding integrity and transparency in all our dealings. And I need you to jump into that conversation because you have been doing so throughout the two weeks. Might as well do it this hour. KBC English Service, Facebook, KBC English, our Twitter handle. Let's delve straight in. First and foremost, Karibu Sana, good morning. And it is an absolute pleasure to have you here in studio with me. Mr. Atella. Thank you for having us around. Ah, it is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank so, you. How's your week? Uh, of course, the week, the week, uh, we all in Nairobi are crying about uh, traffic jams, but we're managing. The week has been nice, mm-hmm. uh, progressing each and every day. A purpose not to, to complain by because of the situations, but a purpose to to take it each, each and every day by a stride. I love that because I be I sing that almost every day in a chance I get. Yeah. It's not what's happening around you, it's what you let happen inside you. Exactly. I mean that's why I say Hey Chico, how are you? I'm alive because right. that encompasses everything. I mm-hmm. breathe, I don't, I, I hurt, I smile, right. I laugh, I cry. I am alive. So right. I'm glad to meet a person who has the same school of thought. Thank you. Let's see if our school of thought uh, continues to be <laughs> streamlined. Sure. So let's talk about this uh, situation of corruption. Now I've been doing this fight, and I'm glad that you're here. Right. Finally, you've heard uh, clearly Mekuja. So let's have that discussion. <laughs> what do you make of this country and what it's experienced and how costly corruption has been on a general scale thank you uh bonachiko i i I think um we all do agree that corruption and its effects on this country over the years has been immensely negative uh domestically and internationally the reports that we get on the impact of corruption in terms of our competitiveness 
we're not doing very well. Because if you look at our rating globally, uh, when you talk about the doing business, our neighbors, the Rwandese, a county that we are so proud to have helped grow up, basically beats us in every metric when it comes to business competitiveness. Look at it. There is, as a commission, we normally do what we call uh, 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 ethics and corruption surveys. The last one we did was in the year 2018. And our findings did indicate about 67% of Kenyans feel the greatest trouble that we have in this country is corruption. So Kenyans, you and I agree that corruption is a menace. And, and of course, we all do remember when our president, His Excellency, did quip that we are losing approximately 2 billion Kenyan shillings per year. But if, if you compare that with what Africa loses, it's, it's, it's almost comparable because according to figures by the World Economic Forum, Africa loses almost 20% to 30% of its gross domestic product to corruption. That is a huge percentage. It is. That is an insane percentage for a continent is. that is struggling. Exactly. And she could to make matters worse. Just look at it. In this part of uh, the South uh, South Sahara, uh, the South Sub-Sahara region, where seventy percent of HIV cases exist. Yeah, it is said, and statistics show that ten of the most or six of the most unstable countries are in this part of the world. We are also one of the poorest regions in the whole world. Yet. Ten of the most corrupt countries in the world are also here. <laughs> then you can be able, on a facial basis, correlate our issues, development-wise and all other issues, to the menace of corruption. So I agree with you. Corruption is no longer something we can jokingly talk about. And I love what our good friend Eric Wanena did sing about. Absolutely. We all understand Chai. Absolutely, Kachai. We talk soda. Exactly, I agree with that. But, but it's 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 one thing, like you said, we can sit here and talk, 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 yeah. talk. But talking the talk is easy. It's cheap. Quite, I hear you. Walking it is something totally different, and mm -hmm. we try to walk it. Exactly. Integrity. Mm -hmm. We actually have in the 2010 Constitution an entire chapter exactly. dedicated to integrity. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah. We read about it, but mm -hmm. we do not see it. It is not helping or aiding in the fight against corruption. So why? Thank you, Shiko. That, that, that is uh, an apt observation. Why do I say so? Because the first, by the way, before we introduce chapter six, the leadership and integrity chapter, the first anti-corruption statute that was passed in Kenya was in the year 1956. A number of us were not then. And over the years, governments and, and the fourth estate and the citizens have been struggling with that question. Unfortunately, what I think globally and domestically we have done, we have reduced anti-corruption efforts, efforts to, to, to a Lego issue. Mm -hmm. And we forgot what I would call the software of dealing with the corruption menace. That is the ethics at an individual level, at a corporate level, at a professional level, at a society level. And we all do remember in Kenya, Osipo, Asie, Funzo, Namamake, Atafunzo, Nanani. 
And why? Because mothers are renowned and respected for instilling values in us. So come to 2010, we thought this problem has been with us for a while. Why not try to codify it? And therefore, Chapter 6, the Leadership and Integrity Act. Then come to 2012, we had the Leadership and Integrity, uh, the Leadership and Integrity Act, uh, to just to operationalize Chapter 6 of the Constitution. Before that, just remember Manashiko, when the then NAC government came in the year 2003 to try to address issues within the public service, there was an act passed by Parliament called the Public Office Ethics Act. Try to regulate, redefine the behavior and the conduct of civil servants or public officers who were by then known what were kwenda office in Akwacha Koti, kwenda kuchunga vitu vingine. So I, I think you're right. Uh, is law the only way? Law is important. It gives us a common threshold. But it's not the only way. That's why I think that, that the Leadership and Integrity Act the lead, uh, uh, in the Constitution, chapter 6 of the Constitution, are very important. The question is, what need we do to ensure that all of us, top and high and low, observe and abide by the requirements of the Leadership and Integrity Act. Ah, lucky for us, uh, he's asking that question, but he's here to actually answer that question, okay. so I'll throw it to him uh, later <laughs> on. Uh, but it's something interesting you said, uh, leadership, and you've touched leadership and integrity, Marakada, yes. Pamoja, all right? Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to explain that relation that you're clearly saying is very important, uh, that tight relationship and how it affects each other. And I want you to do that, keeping in mind, because I tend to agree with you when I remember the Eighth Revolution Conference is taking place in Makwe, exactly, right? Yeah. And I won't, guys, I won't even delve into the fact that it is the Eighth Devolution Conference happening. The president cannot open it, and instead of his deputy, it is a man who's not in <laughs> eh, politics, <laughs> politics, politics. Anyway, that's a talk before another day. That's actually for Wednesday with me, Lilwanga. Right now here, I want you to touch on it. The Eighth Devolution Conference taking place in Makwene. The counties are showcasing their achievements, blah, blah, blah. But here's a statement that you'll hear time and again in the streets of Nairobi and Kenya. Corruption in Medvolviwa to come up. Exactly. Sure. Do you agree with that, though? Um, what I would say, Banashika, is to a great extent, because there's a lot of hope when we pass the 2010 constitution. And, and you'd hear people say, let me use the word, Wanjiko, that now development has, has come nearer home. Unfortunately, from 2010 today, almost 10 years when we began effectively operationalizing devolution and we set up the devolved units, the reports that you've seen within our county governments, it's heartbreaking. In as much as a number of our counties are commendably doing well in certain areas, but you do agree that there is, there's a lot that is going wrong. And, 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 and you talk to uh, the lowest in the counties and they will tell you it's a problem. I was engaging the um, members of the, the, the NGO council, the stakeholders, a number of CSOs in Bombay, Caricho in the last two weeks and some of the observations were heartbreaking because the, at, at one point we, we were taken to look at a project that was purported to have cost a number of millions but there was nothing on the ground. So, so I hear you. While we appreciate and applaud the principle of devolution, 
But what happens on the ground in terms of unethical behavior, in terms of, uh, I would say, blatant stealing of public resources, is a reality that we can't run away from. And you've got to address it. Absolutely, because once we devolved into counties, yeah. it became mini, mini everything. Exactly. From many corruption plates mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to these governors getting chase cars and acting like yes. mini presidents within their counties. Exactly. It just broke it down to small and nitty gritties. But then, even in the same breath, this mm-hmm. is where I want you to help me because it's yes. something that Kenyans struggle with time and again. Mm-hmm. We blame and blame and blame, but we tend not to look and take a look at ourselves. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Who are the main perpetrators of corruption? Immediately, I'd say, in Kenya, politicians government officers, private sector. But it's not just down to that. Do you agree that these are the main perpetrators or do you believe that the list should be slightly different? Shiko, interesting observations. And, and, and sorry to refer to this again. Two days ago, we were having a discussion with some senior managers of one of the key parastatals in the country. And during the discussion, a senior officer did mention something that was interesting. That, 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 that what we call, or we may be calling corruption, is wealth creation, accumulation. Huh? Because culturally, uh, certain parts of this country going to take your neighbor's cow to add to your flock was not bad. It was uh, basically celebrated as heroism if you're a man. If you wanted, a young man wanted to go and get a girl as a wife, dad was not supposed to give them cows. They needed to go and raid. That was celebrated. Right of passage. Yeah. No, that was stealing. Yeah, that's theft. Dressed in a cultural, cultural practice, practice. Or norm. A norm. So, so uh, let's all remember the famous saying by the former uh, U.S. President, Benjamin Franklin, that ask not what your nation is doing for you, but ask what you can do. That is that leads me to the question you've raised. What is our role? I know as a father and as a mother in a house, you are like the flag bearer. Everything begins. You are the light, you are the torch bearer. Our leaders beginning with the president, the MCAs and the MPs, they are there. We the 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 the, the focus is on them. But who makes those leaders? Who puts them where they are? And that's basically the essence of chapter 6 of the Constitution. It's you and I, the Wanjiku, the Otieno, the Wafula, the Halima. I was, as I was coming for this show, Shiko, I was thinking through, how many times have you and I sort of suspended our conscience, mm-hmm. our reason, especially in the, in the days of elections, and went for a lesson. I just listened to the promo of the lady asking, what about the lesson you got? Yeah, that ka 52 kg packet unga, it's nice, it's going to dwell with temporary hunger. Yeah, but just realize that as Kenyans, we've got a responsibility, and one of those greatest opportunities that we're given every five years is to determine the quality of governance of leadership in this country. Do we ever consider character? Do we ever consider the kind of people we are proposing for women reps, for MCAs? 
Because again, remember politics is a game of interests. No truer words have been said. And as citizens, what are our interests in electing men and women of character? This guy, Warren Buffett, renowned philanthropist and one of the richest guys, made a statement, Shiko, that is, for me, it's ever true, that any time you choose a man or a woman without integrity, however intelligent and resource-endowed they are, if they don't have integrity, their intelligence, their knowledge will kill you, will kill the family, will kill the nation, will kill the company. And you bear me witness, you've got some very highly accomplished, intellectually gifted men and women leading companies that they found at the top of the mountain when they were leaving, those companies are no longer working. We need to look at the character of people right. we put in power. And I like that quote you used. Ask not what the country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Yes. Well, the country's not doing much for a lot of Kenyans here in terms of uh, helping us survive and mm -hmm. fight this corruption. So if you ask us what we can do for this country at the moment, before we listen to you further, I will tell <laughs> you personally, I would love to rob her blind because I feel like she's robbing me blind. But okay. that's just an emotional reaction. Uh -huh. We are here to go past the emotions. I hear you. And and reason is that exactly. not the truth which brings me to another statement you said mm -hmm. which we can reason through mm -hmm. when you're looking for a relationship look at the character of the person you choose yes. otherwise the repercussions you should be prepared to deal with exactly but when you're chosen a, a partner is chosen for you then that becomes a bit tricky and the partner i'm talking about is the eacc from whence you come and your mandate mm -hmm. is to combat prevent corruption economic crime and yes. unethical conduct in kenya Am I right so far? Yeah. Okay. Through lawful enforcement. Exactly. Prevention. Mm -hmm. <laughs> prevention. Please yes. keynote prevention. Mm -hmm. Public education mm -hmm. and promotion of ethical standards and practices. Did exactly. I cover it all? Mm -hmm. You have probably uh, made it. Okay. Good. Mm -hmm. Now that we know the hats your team wears. Mm -hmm. Why is it that everywhere we look, we are still seeing rampant corruption? Can we not say you are failing in your mandate? Great thoughts, Chico, and observations by Kenyans. And I've, li I've had this question, uh, and that's observation. And I won't fault anybody, because any time you put a person in position or an institution, you expect them to deliver. As an agency, we're funded by taxpayers' money. And every taxpayer, every Kenyan has a right to demand value from ESCC. Are we failing in our mandate? I would say there are challenges in that. The war against corruption and just dealing with unethical practices is not a sprint, Shiko. And, 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 and uh, I've, I've, asked, uh, I've had Kenyans asking us, why are you just focusing on the omenas, the little fishes, and not on the big guys and the big boys and girls? That may also be true or not. So challenges are there because of the operating environment. But we are doing everything we can as a commission, not just single-handedly in isolation, but more so in partnership with many other 
agencies and internationally just to ensure that this flame of anti-corruption, this, this desire to, 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 to strengthen ethical institutions and, 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 and uh, 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 practices is not just a reactionary thing. So what Kenyans may call failure for me are more of challenges, hurdles mm. that you face and all of us do in the process of trying to reach a goal. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I absolutely like that. 100%. Uh, these days we hear um, that phrase, multi-agency, time yeah. again, right? Mm -hmm. um, approach to fighting corruption. Could you just... Indulge me for a second. Humor me with a, an explanation or a definition of what that actually means and which other government agency, apart from obviously the EACC, works with it in tackling corruption because we're constantly hearing a multi-agency approach. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Shiko. The, the multi-agency approach was, 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 was birthed or was born out of the observation, and rightly so, that... that not any one single person nor institution can deal with the menace of corruption. And, and we got to realize this. And, and I did like your observation that, 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 that as a people, we cannot sit and wait for government to do everything for us. So where do we come in within the multi-agency framework? <coughs> Sorry, sir. Uh -huh. Thank you. The multi-agency approach hinges or leverages on the importance of partnerships, strategic partnerships, collaborations, both domestically and internationally. So we, as, as EACC, we are a law enforcement agency, but you remember issues of corruption are also, maybe also be criminal in nature. They may involve issues around tax evasion. Eh? And, and, and in this country, they may also involve people acquiring assets that in a way that is not right. So we have other agencies within say government that, that deal with that, the asset recovery authority, the financial reporting agency, KRA is on board, issues ODPP as a lead agency in prosecution, DCI, so so the judiciary as the main uh the beta in this case. So the multi agency approach brings on board all those particular institutions that are involved in the justice chain. Hmm. Yeah? So that you're looking at this from you're investigating a case to the time it gets to court. Can we be able to ask the judiciary to expedite the process? When we get together, that's not meant to influence a case against Shiko or somebody mm -hmm. else. But we're saying we want to justice not only to be seen but also to be done. That means we need to talk and sit with the judiciary as an independent institution. We need to talk with the executive because they are in leadership. You know, I need to talk. We need to talk to the uh, national police service because. There are, there are critical players in terms of enforcement and investigations. 
the more I listen to you, the more you are mentioning um, agencies that I don't th- seem to think are <laughs> aiding you uh, at the EACC in their fight against corruption. Because from what I see and yes. what I'm hearing, to be very blatantly honest with you, the go. EACC is a barking dog with very little, if any, bite at all. And is very dependent on other organs of this country to actually uh, perform and execute its duties. Do you feel the uh, organs, e.g., the office of the DPP, e.g., the police force service are actually helping you do this. She got great thoughts. I, 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 as a business student, I know perception is everything. True. People buy brands; they don't buy products. And I won't shy away from this. There are an. And a majority of our police officers are very good. We tend to be in the prison of our past and never want to think through what we can do tomorrow. The agencies that you, you, you talked about, they have a mandate. For instance, ESCC does not prosecute because we have a government agency that leads in prosecution. If I were to do a corruption case and in between you realize there are issues of tax evasion, I need to call on the agency that deals with what? If you were dealing with corruption and in between you realize, there's money laundering, there's drug uh, uh, issues, that's a criminal thing. You need to pull on board who? The DCA. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, so, it's just just look at it this way. You are a big family. Some are obedient, some are disobedient. You know, not everybody in the family is the same. Yeah. You got your strengths, you got your weaknesses, but when all that sort of uh, come together, they bring forth what I call a formidable force. So there may be challenges that are operational, but I'll tell you, from what has been achieved through the multi-agency framework when it started being around 2016-2018, we have seen cases expedited in courts, investigations expedited. While there may be challenges, which may be true, but that does not mean the agencies are not aiding in the fight against corruption. But it's it's, it's a quote we've heard. uh, We've read in the papers. We're told, oh, EACC and the police did not provide adequate evidence. (laughs) Prosecution of a corruption case. The EACC on its turn blaming the DPP for not prosecuting. Yet, ultimately, Kenyans just want to see heads rolling without the legal nitty-gritties. And that's why it brings me to this question. Yes. now, I know you have this uh, nine-point strategic plan that runs up to 2023, and you'll exactly. run us through that in just a second uh, to end these malpractices that we uh-huh. are talking about, and you'll guide us through a brief rundown of that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the same breath, I want you to help us understand the policy framework guiding the operations of the EACC, because clearly you're dependent on other multi-agencies, but I want to understand what is your role? What's your JD so that I can hold you accountable when it is your failure? Not the failure of the DPP, not the failure of the police. Let's talk about the EACC. Policy framework guiding your operations. Okay. Thank you, Shika. Uh, I think this year or last year, 
we we adopted led by the AG a national ethics and anti-corruption policy but before that let me just uh, 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 clarify the fact that ESCC is established by an act of parliament the ESCC Act 2011 that that gives us and directs our functions and our mandate so we are a law enforcement agency as a law enforcement agency, we are in charge of ensuring that Chapter 6 of the Constitution, the Leadership and Integrity Act of 2012, are well taken care of. Okay. That is where investigations are on issues, corruption, issues, economic crimes, and ethical breach, uh, breaches are, are done. As a commission, again, our, our, uh, the Act mandates us to do what we call prevention. In prevention, they say... In, in medical or health parlance that prevention is better than cure. Uh, that is something that Kenyans always don't remember. Like what we are doing through you, and, and we thank KBC for this opportunity, is reaching out with information to the public, just letting them understand. People ask us, why are you not putting so-and-so in, in, in jail? Yeah. That's not our role. I investigate a case, or we investigate a case, forward it to the office of the DPP, who then forwards the same judiciary. What I, I did mention the justice chain, which begins with the law and investigator, where we come in as ESCC, then the DPP, then the judiciary. That chain seems not to be, a number of us want a microwave approach, quick fix, instant coffee. I'm sorry to say it never works that way. Uh, so in terms of law enforcement, that is the chain that we are involved in. In terms of public education, we reach out to a number of sectors within the public, citizens. We've done a number of what I'll call information, education, and communication materials, breaking down what is required of citizens. If any one of you may have been when COVID, before COVID, to the agricultural shows, we have a heavy presence there. Just yeah. talking to people. Go to any school and ask them about integrity clubs, touching the hearts and minds of our younger lot. I've been many times in bus parks and, and, and markets, just talking to a nine chief. We build a lot of capacity, Banashiko. Yeah. And, and not only targeting uh, civil servants or public officers, but also private sector and civil society institutions with, with this information that they, they all begin to understand what is their role. So as a commission, our policy is hinted on the act that created us, and that policy guides our operations through law enforcement, through preventive mechanisms, and through public education and awareness. And that policy allows us also to partnership, to partner, sorry, and to collaborate with everybody that is within the strategic focus. So from a policy perspective, Banashika, I think we are on course. And, and, and as I did say, this is not going to be a sprint. It's going to be a marathon. I like that. And we require the coaches, we require the supporters. Imagine an athlete in a field and the supporters are clapping you. There is an, a fourth person that comes. And the citizens are supporters. We need them to actively get involved in this. 
Absolutely. Oh, my friend, I'm enjoying this conversation. You're currently on the big conversation, and we're having a discussion with a senior officer from education and public awareness at, or rather, senior officer on education and public awareness at the Ethics and Anti Corruption Commission, Mr. Solomon Atella. I'm actually Christianing him right now, no longer Solomon Atella. He's more like uh, King Solomon, considering the wisdom <laughs> that he is spewing. What did King Solomon say? Words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose what your words will be. And it looks like King Solomon right here has chosen to give life through his words and, of course, the action of the EACC. But you and I are still concerned, and we need to know our role in fighting corruption. But before we delve into that one, I would love to get the thoughts of King Solomon ahead of 2022. The general elections are underway, and we all know about electoral practices or malpractices, and we all know about the calls for free and fair elections but my question to EACC now that I know your mandate and your role is how are you planning to ensure that the requirements of chapter 6 of that constitution that you so proudly speak of are actually respected thank you Shiko that, that, that is a concern um, let me put a caveat if you allow me to do we don't clear anybody to run for office no, no, no. I, 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 I now hear and, and that Kenya will, Kenyans will be throwing stones at us. What, what, what the law requires is that every person that is seeking for an elective or sometimes appointive offices seek for uh, what we call uh, a clearance or what I will call a self-declaration from the commission. Uh, the body that manages like our elections in Kenya is the IEBC. Now, it's a requirement that every person looking or seeking an elected position would be able to fill in a self-declaration form with the commission. And on that particular form, we are able to cross-check, verify the details, and then send a report on every individual to IABC that individual A and B has one, two, three issues, but C has no issue. You know, that's like an advisory. And and we also tell this if if assuming just in case KBC were to were to employ a CEO. Yeah. Then the board of KBC would be talking to ESCC and asking them, we are trying to get Banashik on board as our CEO. Can you give us information about his personal integrity? That's confidential. Yeah. We will do that confidentially and write to the board and tell them when well, Shiko is competent, but he has one, two, yeah. or there's nothing about him. The choice of engaging Banashiko as a, the MD of KBC does not rest with no. the commission. No longer have, on your shoulders. No, but you've done what we call due diligence on that. So, getting back to your question, what are we trying to do? And that, for me, is the remit of this particular discussion today. We are calling on Kenyans to look for men and women that they can trust with their one shilling. If you can't trust anybody with a shilling, you can't trust them with a billion shillings. 
You know, Solomon, when you say that, um, it sounds to me, and I'm sure to some sections of Kenyans, like, yeah. You know, it's not my job. You know, anything beyond that is not my job. And then you turn around and you say to me, who you've just told it's not my job, to do something that I can turn around and say, uh, that's not my job. Yet, you're saying that it is down to me and the responsibility of me as a Kenyan to fight this corruption. In fact, there's this uh, Act of Parliament uh, yes. explaining how... Uh, actually, I want you to explain that Act of Parliament, uh, mm -hmm. Act 2012, uh, something like that, uh, intending to enforce the provisions of Chapter 6 of the Constitution. What is that Act and what is it all about and how is that supposed to empower me? The Leadership and Integrity Act of 2012 then tries to explain the principles of good leadership, of ethical leadership. What should we look for, especially for people that occupy public space? We are looking for, should we look for men and women that are objective, that are honest, that are trustworthy? So that the chapter 6 of the constitution is operationalized by the Act of Parliament 2012, the Leadership and Integrity Act. And if you look at that particular act, it, it sort of defines the principles and, and, and the, the, the tenets of what I would call good leadership, ethical leadership. What, what, what is now called popular transformative of servant leadership, whichever term you want to use. Mm -hmm. But that act was intentionally put there so as to remind us not just politicians or leaders, but as Kenyans, whenever we go out of our way to choose or to put somebody into leadership, what are those particular qualities we need to look at? Uh, I think we have, to a greater extent as a people, limited ourselves to the letter of that law, but neglected the spirit of that law. And allow me, Shiko, to say something that, that, that ethics which is what is, 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 is so much talked about in many words in, in chapter 6 of the Constitution, is like the software of leadership. And a, a software can be corrupted. When a software is corrupted, you need to uh, just, just remove it and replace it. Some people decide to get uh, truncated software. So you get a fake Windows 2016, cut instead of the original ones. That's why Microsoft is constantly monitoring that. As we look towards elections, we have a number of us masquerading as the saviors and the Jesuses of our societies. They'll speak nice, they'll say promise heaven, kindly that, and this is an as Allah, I would request us not to get me wrong, we are not trying to abrogate our duties as a commission, but we're just telling Kenyans there's only one thing that politicians fear, the power of the vote. That's when it gets after every five years, even a guy that has never come to the locality just up, suddenly shows up because he knows they can't be elected in Nairobi. You have something to say. I'll tell you, I know Kenyans to Mesema Atakura Pia Wanaiba. Please just do what it takes to do. Others have told me, no, no, it doesn't matter, I won't vote. Please, it's your democratic right and it's also an ethical responsibility. If you can, you're of sound mind and good health, take time to vote for that woman, for that man that you think upholds some values of leadership. You did mention something when you began. We keep on doing the wrong things 
expecting different results. You keep on bringing these wrong leaders, and now some of them you call young, but you, you need to ask a question. Where are these men and women coming from? How do they get their money? How do they get their papers? How are they treating their families? What is the story in the village? There are people we know are village thugs or rogues, but they vie because the youth is the the the, the, the youth are, are the, the most popular in a village. We, we vote them in. Friends, we cannot repeat the same mistakes and expect different results. Garbage in, garbage out. The Leadership and Integrity Act of 2012 and the Chapter 6 of the Constitution are all challenging us to elect intentionally people we can trust with our shilling. Wow. That is actually quite powerful from Solomon Atella, the man that who has joined us on The Big Conversation, who now for me happens to be named King Solomon. Thank you for your time this morning, and I do agree with him on his call for you and I to play our part in fighting corruptions, because we can no longer accept this vice and think that it is how things work in this country. And like he said, it's not down to anyone else. It's down to you. Don't blame the devil. Don't blame King Solomon. Don't blame Chikolawi. Don't blame your cousin. Don't blame your ex-boyfriend. Don't blame your ex-husband. Don't blame your grandmother. Don't wait for anyone else to come and save you apart from Jesus and yourself. And Jesus is not coming to save you from corruption. He came to save you from something else altogether. So the wow. battle for corruption lies squarely in your hands. But don't trust me. Final thoughts of the man of the hour, King Solomon. Your final thoughts and words to Kenyans ahead of what promises to be a big fight against corruption, one which we hope we will win. Thank you, Shiko. I, I, I acknowledge that sometimes there is an air and a feeling of hopelessness that the, the, the country is heading towards the wrong direction because of corruption and many other challenges. And I don't want I don't want to belittle that that kind of observation from the wider public. An effective war against corruption is not just a sloganeering thing. Yeah. And it's not a one man thing. Every piece of a jigsaw is very important. Every nut that holds the wheel of a car is very important. So find your place. That nut can be the citizen, can be the president, can be the MP. Let's find our place. As citizens, obey the law. Don't give a bribe where you and don't receive a bribe. Let's pursue integrity with all intentionality and purposefulness so that when you've made the right choices, we will be comfortable with the consequences. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure just reminding us to choose men and women of character in next year's general election. Thank you very much to you for your time and for the wisdom. 
King Solomon Nutella, right here on the Breakfast Club on the Big Conversation, giving us a truth that we should be speaking throughout our lives every single day, but not just speaking it, we need to live it. Corruption will be eradicated, but only if you and I join the fight and play our part 100%. Blame anyone else but yourself is not going to work this time around. The EACC has told you this is our mandate. We are going to do our job, but it is not going to be complete like a vehicle without a single part. We'll never be a complete vehicle or run or safe enough until everyone plays a part. So, Balls in your court. It's your responsibility to obey all laws, rules, and regulations. Report corrupt and unethical practices. Name and shame corrupt people together. We can succeed in the fight against corruption. To Angamizo Fisadi, to Jenga Kenya. You're listening to the big conversation on KBC English Service.